You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. How are you all doing out there? Well, let's see if you made it through the last episode. <laughs> let's see if I gathered more listeners or whether I lost some in that whole process. But I really wanted to touch upon the importance of the college experience. I think that so many podcasts, so many blog posts, so many of them talk about similar things to one another. And I definitely don't have that kind of mentality. I like to push myself. I like to think deeper, longer, further on subjects than some. And I believe that there is an audience out there for that. And there are people out there who want to utilize the experiences they're having in their life uh, in profound ways. And one of the things, looking back on my original college experience that I did not do very well, that I'm definitely focusing on now, is really taking it all in and realizing that there is a purpose, that I have goals, that I have a vision for where this is going. And so oftentimes, we can find ourselves immersed in an activity and not realizing that this is what we have been wanting. This is what we have been rooting for. And instead of embracing it and seizing the challenges and the potential obstacles as opportunities for success to build habits around, we instead complain and blame and make excuses. And we just get into this you know, lack of personal responsibility type of a mindset that for whatever reason seems to release some of the personal responsibility like oh well if this is somebody else's fault or if i can complain about this then it doesn't make what i'm experiencing real but what you're experiencing is real it's real to you and there can be issues that you're having that other people are not having and it doesn't matter because it's your experience and what i noticed whenever i first signed up for master school and got into this that yes i absolutely expected it to be substantially less time Again, putting in about 40 hours a week, that's a full-time job on top of running a business and doing the speaking and the podcasting and the authoring of books and all of these other things. And so managing my time, and in fact, seeing it more as time creation has become more and more important. And I've got some episodes about that coming up. Today, what I would like to discuss are five key ways that I stepped into this semester in order to prepare myself as in-depth and professionally as possible. I read a book called Going Pro or Go Pro, and it's all about how you go from being an amateur at life to being a professional at life. And I'm going to bring in some of that, and that's why I call it, how can I be professional this semester? Because I don't want to be amateur hour anymore. I'm stepping into this master's degree. And for those of you in bachelor's or even getting your AA, that's it. You're going pro. Like this idea that, oh, well, I will work harder once I have the job that I want from this degree is, is it's asinine. It's complete BS. You don't just turn work ethic off and on like a light. 
right? You develop it, and it's something that you you play all out. When you decide to participate in an activity, are you 100% in it? Are you 50% in it because you think everybody else is only 50% in it? Or, well, this isn't really that important to me. It's important to my partner, or it's important to my friend, or it's important to my parents, but it's not important to me. So I'm only going to half-ass my way through this. And I really want to instill upon you this, this feeling, this belief system where you ask yourself this question, do I want to be here? And if you have made the decision to be somewhere, then want to be there. You've made the decision to get up out of your bed, put on something that resembles clothing, and do something, whether it's at home, studying online, or in front of your books, or we could be riding the exercise bike while you watch a sports program in, in the gym, but want to be there. You've made the decision, and we're going to be bringing in a lot of the aspects of the College Success Habits book, which is, of course, available um, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, places like that. And so you can go on the internet and find it, no problem. And I'm going to be putting out the audio book in 2024 for that, which will have some updates um, and things of that nature because it's just going to be a lot of fun to shoot that. And so anyways, uh, I'll be bringing in some of those seven powerful principles into this because that's you know just how I roll. My brain is constantly putting pieces together, and so I want to be able to do that for you. And the first powerful principle is growth mindset and developing a growth mindset. And I chose the word for developing a growth mindset because I don't think it's ever something that you you just completely have. It's constantly developing. There it's a developmental process. Right? There's a thing in uh, addiction recovery that talks about the developmental model where anybody at any stage in their life can start to develop an addiction towards something, even if they've never shown any predisposition to addiction or to uh, the ability to find themselves in a behavior cycle that's no longer benefiting them, their loved ones, their world at large. It's the developmental model. And that's one of the things that we want to be highlighting within ourselves is that you're never done developing, that there's going to be good, bad, ebbs, flows, rights, wrongs that you're going to be bouncing around with and seeking to remedy or seeking to enjoy. And I really want you to be present when you're doing these things. I want you to immerse yourself in the activity that you're doing. Want to be there. And that's going to bring us up into a perfect segue into these five things that I did in order to prepare myself to be a professional student again. Um, I really was an amateur when I did it the first time. Clearly, I spent 12 years in college and not a doctor. I know, I know. I'm going to bring that joke up as often as possible. So let's go through the five things that I really found myself focusing on whenever I first got into Grand Canyon University. The first one um, we're going to call the powerful principle of gamifying your preparation. Now, I like to give all my principles, you know, these little things, their own little title, because then it's something that can be more easily remembered by you, the listener who has a brain like all human brains that is pretty much programmed to remember about 15 to 30% of information the first time you hear it. It's one of the reasons I repeat myself over and over and over again, because I feel like eventually it gets through because you might be riding the exercise bike or driving or walking to class right now, and you're only half-assed listening to me, and that's fine. Or you could be in high school listening to 
to me with your other uh, fellow students thinking, I think this guy has already used two profane words and our teacher's about ready to turn him off. There's a lot of opportunity here. I have no idea. I will apologize in advance if I use a profane word. I do seek to limit that here. On my other podcast, From Sobriety to Recovery, I do not. Um, I actually have been told that the uh, profanity uh, in just the right spot actually accentuates my point. But I do realize I have some young listeners out there, so pardon my French if something slips out. I don't tend to go back and edit these things once I've shot them. I shoot them the way I shoot them, and I put them out there. Um, We, of course, live in a world full of, uh, you know, information at our fingertips, so the likelihood that you have heard profanity in your life, uh, is, I'm going to go with 100% before you have ever met me. But anyways, I will ask again for uh, for any kind of uh, apologies that I can ask for now if I do use a profane word. So let's get into this, gamifying your preparation, right? How can you turn your preparation into a game? How can you actually make it something that's fun to do, that you find it rewarding while you're doing it? A difficult thing I have for myself is whenever I'm participating in a school activity that I don't feel like is moving the needle forward. So when the teacher sends out an electronic announcement, whenever she returns a grade, I tend to just want to see the grade that I got and move on, or I see the announcement and sort of skim through it. But there's a gamification here that can take place where you realize that sometimes these things that we think aren't moving the needle actually can be quite beneficial to us moving the needle even more effectively in the future. If I read the grade that I've gotten and and I look at the rubric and I notice that why I've missed out on points, or I read the announcement and I'm actually reading the announcement, there's probably going to be some information in there that's going to make the next assignment uh, a little bit more easy for me to do. Maybe there's going to be a specific thing that the professor is asking for that was not in the original announcement that I got or the original syllabus because it is a working document. So this is the opportunity to actually take in information that could save me some time later. And this is where you can start to gamify the preparation for school. How can you begin to save yourself some time later by doing something effectively now? Whether it's getting enough pens or notepads or a white erase board um, together so that you have a very well-organized study space, keeping that desk clear, not putting you know beverages next to your electronic equipment so that in case of an accidental spill, you're not looking at you know soda pop all over your keyboard. Like there's little ways we can start to prepare for future work, right? You want to be setting up your schedule. Do you use electronic or is it hand? If it's hand, great. That's awesome. I love the analog nature of a handwritten out schedule. Is it one that you can begin adding things weeks and months into advance into this analog scheduling? Obviously, I like to incorporate a little bit of analog, but mostly digital because I want my all my Apple devices to know what I'm doing. Depending on which one I'm on, I could be accessing the same schedule. I had a bit of a pushback on this back in the day. I'd say it was probably about three years ago before when I first started to initially get into the digital scheduling. It was right around the middle of the that first six months of COVID, um, which I could have just said three for the first three months of COVID, but I wanted to say middle. And so at the beginning of these stages of COVID, I noticed that I was seeking to accomplish a lot while I was 
out of work and I had all of this extra time. And so I put a tremendous amount of energy into organizing a digital calendar so that I would be able to work efficiently and effectively during COVID when I had all of this time available to me to get a lot of things done. And one of the things that I marveled at was my ability to take something that might be nine months away and put it in there. And I frequently go into the future and just look and see or what's coming up that's big, just so that I keep it at the forefront of my mind. Or if you know that you've got a particular meeting every week at 2.30 on a Tuesday, now that just gets to go in there and you don't have to hand write that out. And so if somebody's like, hey, I need you to do something at 1.30 on Tuesday four months from now, you already know that that's not going to be an available slot because you've got something already at 2.30 and you don't have enough time for transportation means to get you there, right? You're just looking for a way of building out your schedule and organizing yourself going through your syllabus, um, syllabi, if you want to go through, you know, syllabi just seems like such a weird word. Just like octopi versus octopus sounds weird. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, that's the beauty of the human language. And you go look through your syllabi and you start to say, okay, when are all my major assignments due? Because then you can start tracking things. And if you know you've got a big essay coming up at month four, then you could start breaking that down and saying, okay, well, you know, my essay is going to have a, uh, a beginning. It's going to have an end. It's, you know, right? We're going to go in with the introduction. We're going to go with the conclusion. And it's going to have five main points to make. And each one of those points that I need to make is going to require a 500-word paragraph, and it's going to require at least two scholarly resources. And now you know you need 10 scholarly resources for the essay, and you're going to need 500 words per paragraph, which would come out to 2,500 words total. And so you could spend one week just gathering up scholarly resources, and then that's it. That's all you have to do. And then the next week in your calendar, it could just be like, you know, rough draft your first paragraph. And then you do that for the next five weeks, just rough drafting each paragraph. And then you could go through and actually taking some time away, go back in and go back over that first paragraph and actually tighten it up and make it something that you would feel comfortable turning in. And then do that for the next five weeks on the other four paragraphs. And then you go back to that beginning one and you tighten it up and make it sure that it's something you're really proud of turning in. And there you go. We just walked you through an entire uh, essay that you had four months to complete. And we were able to do small little tiny chunks over the course of those four months. So now it's done and you don't feel rushed at the end. But it's all about gamifying this. How can you turn it into a game for yourself? How do you give yourself little rewards? You know, is it a little tiny cup of Skittles next to your computer? So each time you get something checked off of the list, you get to pop a Skittle, you know, oh, put all the the dates for that class into my electronic calendar, boom, one Skittle. Like what is a reward system that you can be able to bestow upon yourself so that you feel that it's fun and that you can be motivated to accomplish it? The brain loves feeling like it's accomplishing things. So make the feelings of accomplishment low-hanging fruit for yourself. Get those things out and make them happen. Because when you know when everything is due, you can begin to release anxiety and stress. And you can actually start to formulate out your days. And that's very, very important. Um, Number two, what is a semester bucket list that you'd like to have? So now you've organized your calendar and you realize what's coming up. So what is a semester bucket list? You know what you need to do for school, but school isn't the only reason why you're in school. You've got a lot of other things that you want to do while you're there. 
How are you focusing on things outside of the academic realm? You know, with the way I frame this for this podcast, for my other podcasts, and for pretty much all the coaching I do, not pretty much all the coaching I do, is that you have three primary spheres. You have your career, you have yourself, and you have your relationships. And each one of these spheres has four pillars, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And we discussed spiritual in the, in the last episode as not being religious-based, but more about your morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, habits, and principles. And so how are you aligning your goals within your career, yourself, and your relationship spheres and strengthening them, utilizing the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual pillars? And so when you start thinking about a semester bucket list, you start thinking about what is it outside of the career sphere. And when you're in school, that's your career. You might also have a job and you might be like me and be a non-traditional student who has a career while also working on a degree to further their career. It's all part of the career sphere. But I also have my own personal self. What are some of the things I'm doing for my personal self to keep me fired up and rejuvenated? What are some things I'm doing within my relationship sphere so that my partner doesn't think that I've disappeared into the office for the last week and the only time I see her is when it's dinner time? She's going to want some Jesse time. How am I building in some Jesse time with my girlfriend in order for us to continue having a, uh, a bountiful relationship? And how are you doing this with your other friends or your family members or other people that are just in your social circle? All of them are within that relationship sphere. So what's a bucket list that you could create, right? What are non-academic experiences or some challenges or some successes you wish to experience during this semester, right? It could be trying a new activity, joining a club that you're not familiar with, taking on a new sport or a new, you know, not an academic endeavor, but it could be about learning something outside the realm of your academia that you're being told to learn through the curriculum of your potential major, right? What is it you would like to learn outside of what you're being told to learn? Maybe there's some campus events going on or some, a different kind of friend that you would like to make. As I was talking about in the last episode, I believe that you are in a creativity cocoon. You're in this magnificent academic bubble, right? There might be a part of you that says, you know what, I came from this one particular environment and I would like to meet some people who are not from that environment. Where might I meet those people? How can I introduce myself to them? How can I learn more about their experiences in life? Because the goal here is to expand ourselves, not constrict. So your semester bucket list gets to be an opportunity for further expansion outside of your academic criteria. Because, well, yes, academia is extremely important. It's why you signed up for these classes and paid all that money to attend. But it is not the only place that you can learn. In fact, I think a substantial amount of the college experience is experienced outside of the classroom. And it's important that you note that. So whether it's going to some concerts or some sporting events or something of that nature, put those things down. Make up a little bucket list. Put those in your electronic calendar or in your analog calendar. Just because it's in your calendar doesn't mean you have to do it, but at least you know it's there. Like today, 
Today's a Saturday afternoon. It's a beautiful fall day. We went out and did some stuff in the morning. There was a barbecue and blues festival going on. Uh, there was a couple of other events, but we were pretty run down. It's been a long week, and we decided we didn't want to do any of that. We just wanted to come home. I obviously came into the office to do some work, and my girlfriend's downstairs making cupcakes for my nephew's birthday party tomorrow. But that's what we chose to do. But we had things in the calendar. Had we wanted to do them, we knew they existed. Oftentimes what happens with events is that we see something about them and we think, oh, that'd be cool. Maybe we'll go to that. But then we don't put it in the calendar. So then the day comes and goes and we never even remembered that it was happening. So just because you put an event, just because you write something down on the bucket list doesn't mean you're beholden to attending, but you definitely know it's coming and you have the option to go because it's there. And maybe somebody says, hey, we should do something on Saturday at two. And you're like, oh, wow, actually there's a barbecue and blues festival. You want to go to that? That would be a lot of fun. So the semester bucket list, make up something that's outside the academic world and really think about what it is that you could experience that goes beyond just what the classroom is asking of you to learn. Also, number three, I like to call it the time capsule experience, right? Imagine you're preparing a time capsule that you will open at the end of the semester. So it's the end of the semester. What would you like to have experienced? Would maybe write a letter to your future self outlining the expectations and the goals and the feelings that you would like to have at the end of the semester. Like, hey, I really hope that you went and did this one really cool event. We were super excited about it in September, you know, and here it is January 1st. I really hope that you did these things. Um, I'm really thinking that we probably got an A in these classes, but this class was probably difficult. So I'm really hoping you push through and at least got a B. Write a letter to yourself who you are now versus who you think you'll be then and see how well they align. Put your goals, put your expectations, put your growth opportunities that you want to introduce into yourself this semester, put those into the time capsule and so that you can read about these things, you know, predictions about what you'll have achieved. Um, This unique perspective of who you are today, writing a letter that yourself will read in, you know, X amount of months is just a, a really cool opportunity to gauge, are you living up to the expectations that you set for yourself? Because we can often forget at the end of a semester what we were expecting from ourselves at the beginning of the semester, because it's such a trying semester. Each one is its own little thing, while at the same time being part of a collective unit that we call the, the academic experience. The, the higher educational opportunity in front of you, it's going to wear you down. So it's good to have these little reminders of, hey, you have expectations for yourself. And while I talk a ton about not having expectations about the destination and embracing the journey, there are going to be these little tiny destination opportunities, like what I like to call highway signs, that you see where it's like, oh, okay, we're getting a little bit closer to graduation. We're getting a little bit closer to the successful completion of this. I'm a huge college football fan, and I never cease to regal at the amazing growth that happens to a freshman on a football team versus whenever they're a junior or senior. If they're going to go pro, sometimes they go in their junior year. But most of the time you get to see these players go all the way to their senior year. And you look at just how young and, you know, not, I'm going to say naive, but it's just like they the, their eyes are wide open and they have no idea what they're getting ready to experience. And then at the end of these four years, you can see that there's been a maturation. 
you can see that there is, there's been growth. You can see that there's a new emotional resiliency and this autonomy that they've created within themselves that wasn't there four years prior. These little time capsule exercises can give you an opportunity to have literally written down what you've expected of yourself at the beginning of the semester, and then write yourself a response letter at the end of the semester. This is what actually happened. These were some of the challenges. And then that letter can obviously fire you into the next letter. And so I think this is an amazing opportunity for you to create these little journal entries for yourself. If you're not into daily journaling, you certainly have this opportunity to do these really big end and beginning of semester journaling opportunities just to, just to watch yourself go through the process because you will be a very different person after the end of these four, six, eight, how many ever years for me, it was 12, but you know, certainly who I am today is not going to be who I will be whenever I go to graduate and I become a therapist. It's going to be a very different version of me, not just because I'll be nearing 50 years old, um, but simply because I will have gone through so many trials and tribulations to get to the finish line and be able to get that degree. And I certainly would love to get some of those little ropes, you know, that magnum cum laude kind of stuff where you, you feel like you've really, really gone above and beyond. But in the end, um, you know, it's what I do with the degree that matters way more. And how did I grow while I was achieving the degree? So the time capsule exercise is your opportunity to write yourself some letters and just really be able to experience your growth um, through your own written word. So number one, gamify your pre- preparation. Number two uh, is creating your semester bucket list. Number three is this time capsule experience. And then number four is what I love to love, love, love music. I call I call it the, the semester soundtrack. And I like to create music that I think fires me up for studying or winds me down after a long day. So I listen to Spotify. I have a Spotify account, so I make up playlists. And I've got some that are just more chill beats for whenever I'm looking to relax. I've got other ones that fire me up while I'm working out. Other ones that I like to write to. Like there's certain kinds of music I, I can write to and other kinds of music I cannot. Like I love working out to trance music, uh, but I cannot write to trance music. But I can write to country music and like chill beats like Poolside or Thievery Corporation. Um, Karen O, um, she's the lead singer of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. She's got this one album that's very sort of melancholy sounding. I wrote the entire College Success Habits book to that album. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it was her two albums ago. It, it, got, it, was, it came out right around the time of uh, when this show was launched. And I think this show was launched in 2018. So it was, it was out then. But anyways, Karen O, country music, um, chill beats like Poolside, Thievery Corporation. When I really need to hunker down and study, I listen to like uh, Beethoven and Mozart, Bach, um, those kind of sounds. I think it's called Baroque classical music and it's because it's got a particular cadence that I read is very beneficial for helping the brain get into the brainwave sound wave process of being able to study. I also listen to some of those um, those um, frequencies. There's a certain particular frequency that, that can be good for meditation, relaxation, and things of that nature. You can go on Spotify and type in meditation frequencies, and a whole list of those will come up. So what I like to do is create this little soundtrack. So I have a list for studying and working out and relaxing, and I'm always adding music to it. So when I want to get fired up, 
I know what songs to put on. When I want to chill out and relax, I know what songs to put on. And I don't have to go hoping that somebody has created a playlist for me. I literally have created a playlist for me. And I've got Spotify on my desktop. So it's super easy. As I'm listening to Poolside, I'll go to Poolside Radio where the software will dictate what other bands come up based off of you know how their algorithm figures that out. And then when I hear another song, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. That one should go into my chill one. And my chill one's actually called Lake Pool Oceans, or no, um, Ocean Lake Poolside, because I started it because of the band Poolside. And so great, great band, by the way. Go find Poolside. Listen to their, I think, first album called Heat, and it's got a song called Drifting on it. Absolutely amazing song. I can listen to that 500 times in a row. Um, amazingly enough, I recently realized that I can I can write really, really, really well to Luke Bryan. I'm not much of a country guy, but something about Luke Bryan's songs, man, there's about 10 or 15 of his catalog that I can absolutely listen to on repeat and write an essay uh, listening to for hours, just hours. Um, I often will listen to the same song over and over and over again while I'm writing because then my brain it just sort of becomes that background filler. And I've got a ringing in my ears called tinnitus that can drive me pretty mad whenever the room is silent. So whenever I need to really get down and focus, I want to be able to tune that ringing out and music helps me do that. So maybe you, if you're prone to listening to music, can begin to create uh, semester soundtracks for yourself. Sonic semester soundtracks. I think it's a beautiful idea and I would highly recommend that you put together some music so that whenever you are ready to do a particular activity, you've got the songs you want to listen to and not hoping that somebody has prepared a list that will get you there. Absolutely love doing this. And then number five, I want you to finalize this by visualizing your success. Our brains operate on pictures. All right, Picture a dog. Picture a, a monkey eating an ice cream cone. Picture a blue elephant. Picture a pink car. Every one of us has a very distinct picture of what a pink car is in our heads or what a monkey eating an ice cream cone would look like in our heads. Or if I said Dalmatian, we're all going to have a different picture of a Dalmatian. When I teach neuro-linguistic programming, one of the things that fascinates people to have brought into their awareness is this idea that every single thing that we can possibly think of has an internal representation has a picture inside of our mind where we take something that's external and we represent it internally in our brain. Well, these pictures are very powerful. You hear athletes talk about visualizing themselves hitting the game-winning shot or throwing the, the game-winning touchdown or you know being able to sprint faster than others. Usain Bolt talked a lot about out-sprinting. Michael Phelps talked a lot about reaching just a little bit further than the next person. And he actually won one of his races by like a thousandth of a second, all because he reached just a couple millimeters further than the other person next to him. Visualizing your victories is a very powerful way to begin to instill the behaviors that you'll need to do in order to achieve. So I would highly recommend that you take all of the stuff that we've discussed and then visualize what it's going to be like for you to succeed. Images or quotes or symbols or uh, you know inspirational sounds. And that's why we've all been building these up to the visualization. Because if you gamify your preparation, you think about a semester bucket list, 
right? So now you've gone into this super prepared. Everything's in your digital calendar or analog if you like to do it that way. You've got your semester bucket list, so you know some events and some things you want to do outside of the academic world. You've also gone through and written up this little time capsule experience, so you've written out to yourself what you would like to have achieved. You've already begun the visualization process, right? And now you're writing these things out, so you're getting actions with your body. It's called kinesthetic. You're getting this kinesthetic movement where you're taking something in your head, you're getting it out onto paper. And right, So now you've gamified your preparation by physically having typed it or written it into a calendar. You also had an opportunity to think about what it is that you would like to do as far as the big semester goes, activities with your physical body. You've thought about them, you've visualized them, you've talked them out with other people. Now you have an opportunity to go ahead and utilize an opportunity to build up a time capsule and write out the experiences of what you would like to have had. So now we're still in the kinesthetic, but you're also going to be talking about this in your head. You're going to be visualizing yourself. You're going to lock all of this in by creating soundtracks, by creating lists of music that will help you get into these different versions of yourself because you're changing hats throughout the day. Well, you know, you might be wearing student hat from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Then you might be wearing friend hat from 12 to 1 and then student hat again. And then you got to put on study hat and then you got to put on work hat because you got to get down to the restaurant. Then you got to come home and put on, you know, housekeeper hat because you got to clean your dorm room or your apartment. Then you got to put on study hat again. And then you got to put on the relationship hat and call your parents. And then you got to put on, you know, a chill out hat, you know, because it's time to unwind and go to bed. You have all these different versions of yourself and all of them could have a soundtrack. So you have these auditory cues, these auditory anchors that help you be begin to assimilate into each version of yourself that you want to be throughout the day. Because it's probably not best to be the studious version of yourself while you're trying to hang out with your friends. You want to be able to put that to the side and say, you know what, more study time later, but right now I'm socializing. And you can do all of this, wrapping all of these together by visualizing all of it. Visualize yourself at the end of the semester, having done the preparation in gamifying it, having prepared your time capsule messages to yourself, having created a bucket list and go, having gone through all of these things, having created the music that will help set the mood for you being all of these versions of yourself. Now visualize it all, bring it to completion, see yourself going to all of these events, see yourself accomplishing all the goals that you mentioned in your time capsule experience. Do these things in your mind first, and you begin to program yourself to do the behaviors that will allow you to accomplish these things. And I did all of these in order to prepare for this semester at GCU. And we do term survey classes two months. So it's really like shotgunning myself through an experience and then getting to do it all over again. Um, in two months from now. But by doing this, I took away some of that overwhelm, that frustration, and that confusion because I mapped out what my semester was going to look like. I thought about the things that I wanted to accomplish over the next two months. I got some music set aside so that I would be ready to become those versions of myself. I visualized my success. And, you know, and to me, one of the, all of these are important, but knowing what I was going to do outside the academic world and making sure I kept some sanity is imperative to me. Take on these five. I'll put these five without any descriptions, but I'll just list them into 
the show notes so that you can always come back and reference, you know, at least what the principles were called and allow your mind is going to hear this. A feeling is going to pop up, thoughts will pop up, and you're going to instill your own pictures of what it would look like for you to follow these five key tips. And from there, it's all about self-creation because that's what I'm looking to help you guide into is this idea of self-reliance, resiliency, and autonomy. You get to decide what kind of student you are. In high school, I didn't want to be seen as the nerd. So I downplayed my brain. I tried not to let anybody know what kind of grades I got because I didn't want anybody thinking I was the one who screwed up the curve. And I was the one who screwed up the curve. But that was who I was in high school. And in college, I muted myself and I drank myself. And that's how I chose to make friends. You get a chance to do it differently. You can be as smart as you want to be. You can be as studious as you want to be. And nobody can sit here and tell you not to do it that way because we're not in high school anymore. We're not, we're in college now. You make your decisions. Everybody else is doing things to benefit themselves. You make sure you're doing things to benefit yourself. All right, my friends, as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.